0: welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation from Atlanta, Georgia. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. If you would like to be on this program, I have to give you a confession out of the gate. And they tell you in radio, when you're a professional, these are the sorts of things you should not do. But I believe I should be as open and transparent with my audience as I possibly can. We we have a relationship. And so I confess to you, my head is not necessarily in this program at this moment. It, it'll get there eventually, y'all. So I went out with some friends last night. Uh, my buddy Dave Briggs used to be at CNN, was at Fox and NBC Sports. He's got a job at a new media company in Atlanta. We went out with his cousin last night. I had dinner at this place called Joey D's up in in, uh, Dunwoody, Georgia. Uh, Great steaks, great bourbon. Then I went by my office, used the bathroom on the way home, and I just thought, are are the Braves, should should I? So I went to a Taco Mac. Now, for those of you listening not in Georgia, there's this chain of restaurants in the Atlanta area that I love dearly called Taco Mac. They have great nachos. Their nachos are not as good as they used to be. They've changed them up a little bit, but they're still really good. But they have an incredible beer selection. An incredible beer selection. We're talking hundreds. So I'm gonna I am to i they're, they're so far ahead. Now, those of us who are in Georgia understand that the Braves can be up a hundred runs and still lose a baseball game. We 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 know this. But I was like, I, I got to go see. So I, I, I pulled into a Taco Mac, and I got recognized. And it was a good thing. They started buying me drinks. And we watched the game together, me and the Braves fans. And it was a good night, and a good time was had by all. What was the Braves score last night?
1: The Braves crushed the
0: Dodgers in Game Four of the NLCS by a score of nine to two yesterday. Crushed, crushed! Siri said, and Siri may be an idiot, but she's not wrong. Nine to two. Three of the one more game, one more. And see, this is where now the Dodgers have been holding back, and they crush us because God wants Atlanta sports fans to be crushed. I figure something's bad has got to happen to Georgia this weekend. And uh, Atlanta is the the Braves. It's just it's got to have. This is what happens if you're in Georgia and you pay attention to sports. And is this not an incredible month in sports? You got hockey, you got baseball. How do you have basketball already? Or let alone hockey. You got college football. You've got the NFL, and and the Braves won last night. Well, then I had a problem. It's like people have been buying me beers. Be responsible. I should not go home. So I had to go to the Waffle House alone in the middle of the night. Most of them were closing early. This one was open. So I went and I stayed. I've been home for a little while. <laughs> I'm on my third cup of coffee. They're 16-ounce tumblers worth of espresso, so I'm I'm doing fine. The head will be here. Eventually, the head will show up, but the Braves won last night. It was glorious. Now we can get on with the show. I just wanted to be open, honest, transparent, keep you all informed of what's going on. It was a good night and a good time was had by all, and thank you all, those of you at the Taco Mac, for taking care of my bar tab. Now, we must proceed for months, for months and months. Rand Paul, the Senator from Kentucky has been pushing Anthony Fauci about gain of function research. You see it is well-documented. It is well-known. It is not a conspiracy theory that Anthony Fauci has supported gain of function research. Now, what is gain of function research? Gain-of-function research involves extracting viruses from animals, and then you artificially engineer them in a lab to make them more transmissible or deadly to humans. It is, you essentially see if you can uh, add add function to the virus. Now, you do so, just to be clear here, sometimes countries want to do this to weaponize, an animal virus, but oftentimes, most often, the reason you do it is because you are predicting that mutation by which the virus eventually jumps into humans, and you preemptively try to find cures for that to stop it. You know, for example, um, Charlie, what's, the, what's the, the virus in the deer, the, the wasting syndrome or whatever in, in deer? There are more and more deer who are affected uh, by a disease and you can't tell. Uh, Yes, uh, wasting disease, yeah, ironic wasting disease, yes, chronic, chronic wasting disease. And uh, you are, a lot of deer have it. And it's hard for a hunter to tell, well, the hunters, they get the meat from the deer, they're infected with chronic wasting disease and they consume that, it's only a matter of time before it jumps into humans. And so researchers are researching it to see when it happens, what's it going to look like, and how can we anticipate it and stop it? So there are legitimate concerns here. But by and large, this has to be very, very carefully done because of the consequences. In fact, a lot of researchers say we shouldn't be dabbling in this at all. Well, Anthony Fauci has denied, 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 that this was happening in China or that we were subsidizing the Wuhan Institute of Virology doing this stuff. This is from Yahoo News. A top National Institutes of Health official admitted in a Wednesday letter that U.S. taxpayers funded gain-of-function research on bat coronaviruses in Wuhan and revealed that EcoHealth Alliance, the U.S. nonprofit that funneled National Institutes of Health money to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, was not transparent about the work it was doing. In the letter to Representative James Comer, Republican of Kentucky, Lawrence Tabak of the NIH cited a limited experiment. Pay attention to the limited experiment. A limited experiment that was conducted to test if. <clears throat> spike proteins from naturally occurring bat coronaviruses circulated in China were capable of binding to the human ACE2 receptor in a mouse model. The laboratory mice infected with the modified bat virus became sicker than those infected with the unmodified bat virus. The revelations vindicate Republican Senator Rand Paul, who got into heated exchanges with National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease Director Anthony Fauci during his May and July testimonials before Congress over the gain-of-function question. At the second hearing, Paul accused Fauci of misleading Congress by denying that the U.S. had funded gain-of-function projects at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Gain-of-function research involves extracting viruses from animals and artificially engineering them in a lab— to make them more transmissible or deadly to humans. In keeping with Fauci's refusal to use gain of function, Tabak from the National Institutes of Health avoided the term, though the work he described matches its commonplace definition precisely. A previously unpublished EcoHealth grant proposal filed with NIAID obtained by the Intercept had already exposed the $599,000 of the total grant to the Wuhan Institute of Virology for research designed to make viruses more dangerous or infectious. Dr. Richard Ebright, biosafety expert and professor of chemistry and chemical biology at Rutgers, has previously rebutted Fauci's claim that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology as demonstrably false. Ebright told National Review that the National Institutes of Health financed work at the institute epitomizes the definition of of gain-of-function research, which deals with enhanced potential pandemic pathogen, PPP, or those pathogens resulting from the enhancement of the transmissibility and or virulence of a pathogen. In other words, the National Institute of Health is now admitting what so many knew to be true, that Fauci funded experiments through a nonprofit at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And one of those probably got loose. I mean, just listen to the description of the research, you know, now enough about COVID. We are a year plus into COVID coming up on two years. Listen to the description of this research. limited experiments to test if spike proteins from naturally occurring bat coronaviruses circulated in China were capable of binding to the human ACE2 receptor in a mouse model. The infected mice with the modified virus became sicker. The spike protein from coronaviruses, you have all seen the model of the coronavirus and those little spikes that's the spike protein, to see if they're capable of binding to the human ACE2 receptor, which is how COVID works. That can't be a coincidence. And Fauci has denied this. At this point, perhaps it would be better if the government let Fauci quietly retire or stopped letting him do television shows. And I don't think they can. I think the administration is so out to lunch on this stuff. I mean, uh, the Biden administration is out telling people the reason there are shortages on shelves is your income's gone up when no one's income has gone up An administration. So clueless, they would say that is an administration too clueless to reign in Anthony Fauci. How can you debunk? How can you debunk your friends' conspiracy theories when the conspiracy theory turned out to be right? There are a lot of conspiracy theories out there. Overwhelmingly, they're wrong. But your friends who believe those conspiracy theories, they're going to look at this and say, wait a second, this was right. If that was right, this is right. It was always most likely that a virus escaped, most likely accidentally, from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. But the New York Times, people at CNN, and others all said it was racist to say that. You were It was a conspiracy theory. Social media would punish you and flag your account if you said it. And it turns out, That was most likely true. Now it turns out we were funding the research that probably caused the virus to be developed. It's all true. So good luck debunking the other conspiracy theories because we haven't been candid and honest. Now some will come out, and I do think it's notable, it is the National Institutes of Health itself that has come out and said, hey, uh, wait a second, turns out this stuff is true. They should be commended for revealing the truth. The government did reveal the truth in a letter to a congressman, and they should be commended for that. But they've been lying now for two years. When is Anthony Fauci held accountable for this? When does Anthony Fauci need to be held accountable? When does he go back to Congress and apologize? When does he apologize to Rand Paul? When does Anthony Fauci resign? And between Dr. Olinsky at the CDC and Anthony Fauci, they keep muddying the messages on getting through the pandemic. And in muddying the messages on getting through the pandemic, you combine it with the conspiracy theories that are now turning out to be true. How can the public believe anything they say? If our public bureaucrats who are nonpartisan, supposed to be nonpartisan, cannot be trusted to operate truthfully and honestly to resolve a public health pandemic. The public will believe nothing, will govern themselves accordingly, and the situation will probably actually get worse instead of better. Because as the government starts suggesting things to do, the public will immediately do the opposite because of the lack of trust. Fauci, is now at the point where he's making things worse. And yet this weekend, he'll probably be paraded all over the talk shows on Sunday. That's no longer a wise idea. Anthony Fauci needs to disappear. Hi there. How are you? It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you'd like to be a part of this year program, let's go back to the phones. Greg, you're going to be up first today on the program. Welcome.
1: Hey, Eric, how are you? Great. No, you got a delay here, so I'll I'll put it all in one question. Um, The $64 question. What,
0: in the name of heaven, and I'm using polite language here because I'm really perplexed,
1: where is the National Institute of Health doing funding research with China?
0: (laughs) Yes, okay. This is actually a great question, and it's one a ton of people are asking. Why would we fund research with China? You got to remember that it is official U.S. policy that uh, the Chinese are competitors in ways, but collaborators when it comes to science. They're they're not enemies. They're not opponents. They're not adversaries. That's the official position of the U.S. government under both Republicans and Democrats, including under Donald Trump. And so we collaborate scientifically around the world. And there's this this naivete that has creeped in around the world that China's scientists are there for the science and not for helping the communist regime. It is a naivete that has to be debunked and disabused and pulled out of people. And we've got to realize that we need to stop helping China. For example... Microsoft has a giant AI laboratory in China. And the result is that in China now, uh, they have leapt ahead of the United States on artificial intelligence thanks to the help of Microsoft, because Microsoft decided that it was a global company, not an American company. American companies have got to pick a side. Uh, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. But American companies have got to pick a side. American companies need to realize that uh, China is not their friend, and you know that there is. I mean, we see this in in academia that this naivete around the world. It has been going on for a very long time, by the way, um, a very very long time, and it's unfortunate, but it's the reality. And it's something that uh, the federal government needs to get involved with at this point. We should not be helping China conduct research. In fact, uh, no Western power should. And unfortunately, because of the way China throws money around these days, a lot of countries are willing to help China with its research. They're cutting off their nose despite their face to a degree because of what the Chinese are eventually going to do. The Chinese want to be a superpower. They want to dominate, and they do not want to dominate with Western values. We need to stop doing this. And Anthony Fauci lied. The National Institutes of Health is all but confirming that Fauci lied to Rand Paul. Rand Paul, who was ridiculed by a lot of people on social media, is owed a lot of apologies from a lot of people for what happened. And, of course, no one's going to apologize. This is the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. If your business wants to grow, call First Liberty. FirstLibertyGA.com is their website. FirstLibertyGA.com. They can help you get access to big loans for big deals. Y'all, I want to spend just a moment highlighting something else real quick. I don't want to belabor the point here, but there are two separate stories that I think I can string together. Rand Paul, the senator from Kentucky, has been savaged for his aggressive pursuit of Anthony Fauci relating to gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. He has been pilloried by the usual suspects, by the Never Trump suspects, the Lincoln Project suspects, and and the like, uh, all sorts of people on the left, for daring to ask questions about Fauci and not allow Fauci to dodge. They, they Honestly, I mean, they've been really, they're painfully, as someone who's not big into conf- confrontation, they, they've they been awkward and painful to watch just because, ah, uh, just kind of, it's, it's a little bit awkward, particularly watching Fauci and, and Rand Paul go at it. But Paul's been right, and he's been doggedly, Persistent. When does Rand Paul get his apology? He's been pilloried by people in the media for this. They've made him out to be a crank and a conspiracy theorist, and he was right. When does he get his apology? This is very much like the people who ridiculed Donald Trump for saying that the Thomas Jefferson statues in America would start coming down, and here the City Council of New York, has decided to remove a statue of Thomas Jefferson from the council chambers. It's been there for over 100 years because he was a slave owner. Several years ago, Donald Trump said if we start taking down the Confederate monuments, they're going to start taking down the monuments of the founders. They're going to take down Washington. They're going to take down Jefferson. Jefferson, who wrote the Declaration of Independence. And everyone's like, no, no, they're not. You're crazy. You're a crank. That's not going to happen. Uh, No one would do that, and now they have. And I would note for you that all of the people who were saying, no, they're never going to do this. No, they would never do that. They're remarkably silent today. It's the silence that comes with a lack of intellectual honesty. When Oh, what was the group? I can't remember the group's name now. Uh, David Delanian, who he and his group uncovered that Planned Parenthood was selling parts of aborted babies on the black market. And everyone said, no, there's, there's no way Planned Parenthood would do this. They're not allowed to do this. And then here come the videos that show, as a matter of fact, that's what they've been doing. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what they've been doing. No one apologized. In fact, they prosecuted him. They came up with a story, claimed he was he was lying to get access, and, and they prosecuted him on that. Kamala Harris, when she was Attorney General of California, uh, helped pursue that prosecution. But he was right. Everybody said, "No, there's no way you're right. No way you're right," and he was right. And. None of those people who denied it, none of those people who said this would never happen, none of those people have come forward and said, I was wrong. In the same way, none of the people who said that the Thomas Jefferson statues would, uh, you were crazy if you thought they'd be ripped down. None of those people have come forward. And say, it's almost like they knew it would happen. They knew it was going on. But they wanted to deny it until they didn't have to anymore. They wanted to tell you not to believe your lying eyes, not to believe what you were hearing. It's very similar to what's going on with the defund the police movement. You hear all the time, the Democratic Party doesn't stand for this. The Democratic Party doesn't stand for this. And yet the Democratic Party seems intent on defunding police nationwide, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Chicago, Illinois, Austin, Texas, Washington, D.C., New York City. They keep defunding the police while well, saying we're not defunding the police. We're just reprioritizing. You can't believe them. Now I said something yesterday. Well, I said I tweeted something yesterday. That has become a controversial moment. I you know it was kind of a Rorschach blot for me. I I did it knowing the reaction it would provoke. And it is kind of interesting. So many of the same people who said they would never tear down Thomas Jefferson statues. So many of the same people who attacked Rand Paul. They're attacking me for the tweet. It's funny how they line up almost perfectly. What did I tweet? Mandatory COVID vaccines for police departments is a great backdoor to defunding the police. And instead you get to blame the anti-vax crowd instead of acknowledging you really want to defund the police. I mean, it's happening. Seattle, Washington, they want to defund the police there. They haven't. There's no political will to do it, so they've imposed a vaccine mandate, and now they're defunding the police without ever having to defund the police. In Chicago, they want to defund the police. They've imposed a mandatory vaccine mandate, they're going to lose probably 100 or so police officers. They'll be defunding the police without ever doing it. And then the police themselves will be the bad guys, too. Well, they didn't want to get vaccinated. And all the white people will feel very smugly good about themselves that those anti-vax police officers are going away. Meanwhile, Chicago could use more police officers. Indiana is telling Chicago police officers who lose their job, come on over, we'll hire you. We're right next door. Now, here's the thing for all of you who think this is nonsense and crazy. How can you tell me otherwise? You said they wouldn't take down the Thomas Jefferson statues. And now they are. You said, of course, Anthony Fauci would never fund gain-of-function research. And of course he is. All these things you said would not happen, could not happen, were impossible, they're happening. So why can't progressives who want to defund police departments and know there's no political will for it impose vaccine mandates knowing some of the police officers won't get it and they can fire them and defund the police that way and make the police officers the bad guys along the way in a way that other people will support? Why can't it happen? It seems like this is the perfect maneuver if you want to do a backdoor defunding of the police. And so many of the people who said you'd never defund the police can still say, well, they didn't defund the police. The police officers wouldn't get the shot. So screw them. They deserve to be fired. And suddenly, the people who said it would never happen and were opposed to it are cheering on defunding the police. It's remarkable how quickly you can get people to take the side of defund the police when you do it that way. And all these people are telling me, no, no, Erickson, that's such a conspiracy theory. No one's thinking that way. No one was going to take down the Thomas Jefferson statue either. And this is the problem. When you don't hold people accountable, when you don't push back, when you don't say this isn't right, when you don't stand up for common sense, You can't help but have people go further down the rabbit hole in conspiracy theories and double down on them. Say, you can't prove me wrong now because look how often you've been wrong on this stuff. How hard it is to dissuade someone. I was talking to a friend of mine today. He does a grassroots organization for conservative candidates around the country. He was saying how hard it is to get people engaged who think the election was stolen in 2020. And you can't dissuade them from that. And they don't want to help now unless you... Uh, buy into the stolen election stuff from 2020 and decide you're going to take care of it, do something about it and investigate it. So it doesn't happen again. He says that this is going to be the most difficult issue the GOP has in 2022 is getting a core group of volunteers together to help because so many of them are still so fixated on 2020 and they think we can't move forward because they have so internalized the election was stolen. They're not willing to move to 2022 because, well, they're just going to steal it again. So we got to go back to 2020 and relitigate it. And guys like me are saying it wasn't stolen. We were outmaneuvered. We were out litigated. We were out lawyered. We were out fought in courtrooms. It wasn't stolen. That's the way elections go. If you've been around the block in elections for a while, you know that's the way elections go. And the GOP put up their C and D team, not their A team. And that's why they lost. But to the outside observer who's new to politics, is like it was stolen. And don't tell me this wasn't true. Look at all the other things that people were saying weren't true that are true. It may not have been me, but it was all these other people. And all those other people are also saying the election wasn't stolen. So how can you convince people otherwise? You can't, that's it. You can't, you can't do it. We've arrived at a new age of mythology. Mentioned this the other day. The things we tell to keep ourselves comfortable and to sleep at night. The way we explain the world is what the myth served. Why did the brooks and streams do certain things where there were river nymphs? Why did the storm come up out of the ocean? Well, there's Poseidon and he's angry. Why did the lightning come down from the heavens and kill the cow? Well, it was Zeus and he was hungry. We invent Mythologies that sound at first like conspiracy theories. They're the things we tell ourselves. And it becomes increasingly hard to debunk them and to move away from them when people won't say they're sorry or oops, my bad, I got it wrong or I didn't realize they would be that crazy. I really didn't think they would be that insane and oh my gosh, we need to stand up to this and not tear down Thomas Jefferson statues and Anthony Fauci needs to be fired. He really did lie and I'm sorry. I just believed him, but he was wrong. We live in an age where there's no one left to trust. And when you get to an age where there's no one left to trust and distrust fosters, you begin to distrust everything and everyone around you and it destabilizes society and other societies like China and Russia, Iran. They look on this and they decide, you know what? We can capitalize on this. We can take advantage of this. And it becomes a dangerous time and we've arrived in large part because of our social betters, who probably did know the Thomas Jefferson statue had come down and they really didn't care. But well, they put up a fuss, they denied it and they lied about it until the statue came down. And they won't apologize for that, nor will they apologize to Rand Paul for being right the whole time about gain-of-function research. And now more conspiracy theories will spread. Many of them won't be true. But how will anyone be able to dissuade the people that they're not true, given what they've seen, given how they've seen it shape up? Where does Rand Paul go for his apology? And where do the people go and apologize to all of us when they so dogmatically dug in their heels and said, the Thomas Jefferson statues will never be toppled? We would never go that far. And yet here we are with these statues being toppled. Yes, we went that far and further. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. To the phones we go. Tim, you are going to be up next. Welcome to the program.
1: Hey, Eric. Um, I, I got a real quick comment. Uh, early this morning, 830 a.m., uh, I saw an article stating that the lieutenant governor of Georgia uh, was making all kinds of statements stating that um Ah, uh, the Republican Party needs to move on from Trump that there's a new and better path that we need to go on, and that he, as a Lieutenant Governor, was going to try to list all that out and whatnot. and I guess the question i that I want to know or what your thoughts are are is um, what what does it take to get uh, conservatives and the Republicans on the same page to 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 stop trying to divide the party and the the, the people within it so that Uh, We we don't demonize those who like Trump versus and and set set them apart from those who don't. Uh, When you look at you know what happens within the Democratic Party for um, you know for years and years and years, you have situations where, for the most part, they toe the party line, and they support um, the efforts of the party to gain and to grow and to accomplish its goals for the most part. Whereas the, the Republicans, they do anything and everything they can in order to divide themselves and defeat themselves. And it, it seems to be I, – I don't get why that happens.
0: Yeah, You know, listen, I I hear your concern, and I I don't know that I have a complete answer, but let, let me do my best here. Uh, and by the way, I've got – so Jeff Duncan, the lieutenant governor of Georgia, has written a book. It's called GOP 2.0. I've got a copy here. I'm about halfway through it. I keep picking it up and having to put it down because I get distracted. And I want to actually get him on the show to talk about it, but I want to finish his book first. I really don't like having people on when I haven't finished their books. Um, He is convinced that we have to move beyond Trump. And I will be honest with you. I think that we should move beyond Trump, the person, but we need to be very careful about moving beyond Trump, the policies in many ways, because those policies actually did bring the GOP a lot of good victories. You can look at 2020 and say, well, he lost, but I mean, look at 2020 and see how many Republicans picked up seats nationwide, uh, almost taken back the House of Representatives. Uh, th- there, is, there is something there. So how do you fuse those things together? How do you merge them? Uh, one of the things that uh, I think everyone has to understand is that there is an attitudinal problem The number of people I know who say, well, at least we didn't have mean tweets sarcastically saying um, that you got rid of Trump because of mean tweets. I don't know that they really understand that it wasn't – the tweets were indicative of something else, and uh, that was a nastiness of – pervasive nastiness that wore a lot of people out. Uh, Is it possible to get Trump-like behavior or or Trump-like policies without Trump's behavior? Yeah, I think it is. I think you got a number of candidates coming forward now who want to try to make that case. There are a lot of people, though, who frankly have turned it into a cult of personality, who really, really, really focus on Donald Trump himself. And you're going to have to find a way to get those people all on the same page. The people who voted for Trump and didn't necessarily like him and the people who will only vote for Donald Trump, and maybe there is no coexistence for those people, and the Democrats do get to to be the winners constantly because of it. That's something the GOP is going to have to try to figure out, and I don't know that um, I've got the answer to do that. Jeff Duncan, the lieutenant governor of Georgia, is trying, but to some degree, he's a bit of a, a flawed person in so doing because... He has been so marginalized by the voices of people like Trump and Trump supporters, and he himself has pushed back aggressively, and and they've picked this fight. So I'm I'm not sure. We'll find out, though, Uh, and I will get the lieutenant governor on the show uh, as quick as I can to have this conversation. There are a number of people who think he has some great ideas in his book that people across the spectrum of the GOP would like. Um, but how do you pick those fights? And also, I have found that there are a lot of people who are hypersensitive these days. And if you say anything at all critical uh, about Donald Trump, for example, they think, well, that's all you ever do, or they think you're criticizing them personally when that's not the case. Um, so can we all get along together in the party and not lose to the Democrats? We'll try. The Democrats keep giving us ammunition to unite. Uh, when we come back, what Condi Rice said on television.